Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, I hope you're having a great study. This is month three of Digging Deep, November 2019. If you're doing the current study, you probably will be listening to this particular podcast after the video podcast on live stream, which will go down into the archives on November the 19th of this year. There are lots of ladies who study at a later date though, and so always be sure that you can find these recorded podcasts in our Digging Deep through, looking in our Digging Deep group, Digging Deep in God's Word, the Facebook group. And these are all archived there for you, easy to find. I want to thank um, Ariana Finkel is just very, very good at helping us to have everything archived. She's our archived uh, Zaris, and she is just so good at what she does, and we're very grateful for that. We're also thankful for Brandy Hayes, who has volunteered recently to help those who are um, hearing challenged who are some are deaf and some are very hard of hearing and she has volunteered to type up the transcripts of these dig a bit podcasts so that those who have difficulty hearing can read those transcripts and some of you just are visual learners anyway and you like to have that so that's a, a an important work and we are very great grateful to Brandy for doing that want to just quickly and I think this hopefully this will be a short one I always think that that this will be a short dig a bit and they'll like it because they can just listen to it while they're driving for you know to the corner market but then they always end up being longer because I think of things as I go I'm gonna try not to do that as much today but I'm looking at number four on the month three study that says first Kings chapter 8 and second Chronicles chapter 5 give us another instance of God's glory manifested in a cloud and of course, this is Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 is a reiteration of the same thing that we read about in First Kings chapter 8. And it, this is when they are, the children of Israel are bringing the tabernacle stuff to the temple, to the permanent temple that Solomon has built. And they're moving the vessels and the Ark of the Covenant and all of those things from the, the transportable tabernacle that we read. We read all about the details of the tabernacle, of course, when Moses comes down from the mount with the first law. And they travel around through the wilderness and all of their travels with that tabernacle for their place of worship. And then Solomon, David wasn't allowed to because he was a man with blood on his hands, you'll remember, but Solomon was allowed to build on top of Mount Zion in Jerusalem, that more permanent temple for the worship of Israel. And usually at least once and usually more in the lifetime of a Jew in the Old Testament days, there would be a trip to Jerusalem. And those trips were kind of big in that day because, you know, many of the Jews lived uh, several, several um, miles from Jerusalem. In fact, you know, without the modern transportation that we have, it could be several days journey to Jerusalem. And Jews would come to Jerusalem, and especially for the Passover, and they would purchase animals after they got there and slay those animals in sacrifice to God in, the, in order to keep the Passover. And that temple 
what was going on this day when Solomon prayed this prayer in 1 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 5 was that there was blood flowing everywhere. I mean, the Bible actually says, I believe in both of these accounts, that the animal sacrifices that were made were innumerable. There was a lot of blood flowing. You can smell the stench of the animal blood that was flowing. And there were thousands of people there gathered, assembled at Zion in Jerusalem. And I've been there recently. And of course, there is a, a Muslim mosque on top of this site today. But in that day, this was the glorious temple of the richest king in the history of Israel. And the people had brought their gold and their jewels to offer them in service of uh, the building of the temple, the erecting of the temple. And they had brought so much that finally they were told that they needed to stop bringing. This was a magnificent structure. And this is the day that Solomon's going to pray the prayer of dedication, the prayer in which he's going to beseech God for the future of Israel and, and renew the covenant with God on behalf of the people and beg God for his mercies when they fall and then they turn again to him if he has sent uh, plagues, if he has sent blight, if he has sent drought, if he has sent famine, that when the people learn their lesson and turn back to him if, and turn toward Jerusalem and pray, would he forgive them? And this is, a, this is an amazing day in the history of Israel. And that's what's happening here in 1 Kings 8 and 2 Chronicles 5. The verses that we're noticing in 1 Kings 8 are verses 10 and 11. It came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Here we have glory, kalbad, and that kalbad is shown in a cloud that was so thick and so dark that the priest could not stand to minister in that place, at least temporarily. First Chronicles 5 verses 13 and 14 is a similar account of the same event using similar words to describe that cloud. Here's my point. If those people were so moved to prayer and sacrifice on that day when that Ark of the Covenant was being moved from its temporary place to its, quote, permanent place. How much more should we as Christians today be moved to prayer and sacrifice when we realize that our covenant our holy place has been moved to a truly permanent place around the throne of God, a place that will not be shaken, a place that in which our high priest is not a fallible high priest as they had. Our sacrifices, our blood that flows is not from those innumerable slain animals, but our blood that flows is from the spotless Lamb of God offered once for the sins of all the world. <clears throat> and then that eternal high priest 
has gone to be at the right hand of God to minister for us in that holy place. How much more thankful should we be? And how much more prayerful should we be for His mercies when we mess up, when we sin? And we read about that in Hebrews chapter 8. Now, of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. He's a minister of the sanctuary, verse 2, and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. I'm telling you what, our glory has moved to a truly permanent place. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it's of necessity that this high priest also have somewhat to offer. For if he were on earth, he wouldn't be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve to the example that which is a copy and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount. What this is saying here, if Christ was on the earth, if, if our high priest was on the earth, he wouldn't be a high priest because he was not of the tribe of Levi. He did not meet the qualifications of the high priest. But he is both the priest and the lamb. He's everything that we need, and he gets to be a priest because he's not an earthly priest. He is, the, he is God. He is God the Son, and he ministers to us in the permanent temple, the permanent holy place. And how much more thankful, prayerful, begging for God's mercy should we be than were those people in 1 Kings chapter 8 and 2 Chronicles chapter 5 who were simply moving the Ark of the Covenant to a brick building rather than a curtained traveling tabernacle, but a building that would be destroyed more than once and has now, of course, been replaced by a Muslim mosque over in Jerusalem. See, that wasn't ever intended to be permanent. But our holy place... Our holy place is permanent. It's sure. It's steadfast in the heavens. Our covenant, our covenant's glory has moved to the heavens. And our high priest is without blame, without fault, guileless before God, offering his own blood. The priest is the lamb, offering his own blood to the Father in our behalf. And what a great and celebratory day that should be when we understand that our holy place, our covenant is permanent. Verse 6, Hebrews chapter 8, But now he's obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been without blame or faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. But finding fault with them, that's finding fault with what they were so happy about in 1 Kings chapter 8. He says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant 
with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That's me. I am the house of Israel today. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. That's the cloud. That's the old cloud. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, and I will write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they will be to me a people." chapter closes out by saying, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Isn't that what Solomon was praying for in 1 Kings chapter 8? And yet we have not a, not a faultless lamb, a lamb without spot and blemish, an animal, but we have the lamb of God. We have the son of God. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he said a new covenant, he's made the first one old. And that which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. You know, they were so excited in 1 Kings chapter 8 and 2 Chronicles chapter 5. But what they had there is what has waxed old now and decayed and what we have will never decay. I love that. I love that. Another great lesson we learn from the time of the cloud, Hebrews chapter 8, and our eternal priesthood ministering before us in the holy place that is permanent. Our glory has moved. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great study. Thank you. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Dig a Bit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.